All right, we're in the last week of getting a signed copy of my book, Be Guided and Be Great. All you have to do, especially if you're on iTunes, is go ahead and rate and review this podcast. And on my birthday, February 28th, I will randomly select one person to send a signed copy of the book to. I look forward to seeing you in the comments. Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. All right, welcome to episode 72. This episode is titled, When There's an Angel Around. So right off the top, I I just want to say that I work really hard in my career and in my profession. I feel like it's my calling as well to talk about these things, you know, intuition, God, creation, um, psychic things, ghosts, angels, the, the, the landscape of our spiritual selves. I, I use straight talk, normal language. Um, I too was, you know, I was raised Catholic and so many people I met when I was really trying to figure out this gift, you know, were very performative, if you will. And so when we learn how to connect with our intuition through mainly like performative means, do you know what I mean? Like big rituals or a lot of the women that I hung out with in the early days, uh, everybody used these airy fairy voices, you know, and, and nobody would get mad, you know, meanwhile, they were ripe with p- competition and jealousy and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, um, I am very passionate to make your intuition as natural and normal, a part of your life as it is mine. And I do that through straight talk through just regular casual language, because I really want to cut through all the bullshit so that you can get right to your gift, right to your intuition, right to the spirit world if you need to, right to your guidance, because I'm sure you're being guided even in this moment you are. And if there's any drop in you that thinks you have to do a ritual or light a candle or you have to be somebody or something you're not, um, that all of that stuff gets between us and real, true, honest guidance. So I just wanted to say at the top of the show, I am going to extra, I'm going to extra use, <laughs> that's not even a right sentence, but I'm going to extra use <laughs> regular casual language. I might even cuss. I might, I will do whatever it takes to ground you into the simple nature of intuition. Um, And again, I love to compare intuition to emotions because emotions are often unseen as well. Even though there's plenty of physical evidence that they're there, even if you don't want to show emotion, you can blush whether you like it or not. You know, there's just, it's an unseen part of us as is guidance, as is our intuition, as is the spirit world connecting and communicating with us. But there are ways to make it physical. And if we can get cut through all the bullshit, the performative nature of the way people talk about intuition or our spirit selves, the faster we can just experience it and get on with it and get connected to it. And that's really what I want to do in this episode is make sure that you get right connected to that intuition of yours. And we are going to be talking about angels. Uh, So how, you know, how do you connect with angels if they're there? There's so much mystery around it. There's so much, um, 
performativeness. Again, like some of the bigger leaders in the angelic movement, if you will, were very performative around it. And to me, that's all just a big disconnection to the truth of angels. So we're going to, um, I wrote in my Be Guided and Be Great book, chapter eight is devoted to angels. And that chapter is called Your Relationship with the Angels. In chapter eight of my book, I talk to you about how they connect with and communicate with you. I have some bullet points here on what, you know, what's going on with you when you're in the presence of an angel. You know, these are things to watch for. Um, the most common is the big, tall, sparkly beings in the corners or against a white wall or even against a dark colored wall. There's this like sparkly movement. That's often a cue that that's an angel, especially if it's very tall. Um, you know, you can really feel the shift when they are around you. So that's clairsentiently. You can feel them. Um, often, you know, like some of us have been in danger and we just knew an angel uh, interfered to keep us safe from whatever was happening. And, and if we have time, I'll share a few of those stories. Um a lot of people hear like the pressure in their, my ears too, the pressure in our ears adjusts or we hear a high squeal. There, there's a frequency adjustment that takes place when they're around you. And in the book, I make a couple fine points. I have a few um, exercises. There's a nine step exercise for you to consciously connect with the angels. I do go over a few of the things like I started this podcast with, um, passionately, you know, a few of the things that can get in the way of the simple organic nature of angelic communication, because I've said it before, uh, angels above everything, not our creator, but in terms of beings are telepathic and that goes right to your mind. There's a, um, telekinetic connection there that is faster than the spoken word it's faster than words it's faster than claire's it's telepathy so it's they're right there in your mind communicating and connecting with you and so there isn't any ritualistic there's not performative there's no you know 20 minute prayer or hail mary's that needs to get in between that telepathic connection for you to know and experience the angels that are around you Okay. And then I do include a few prayers. Uh, I really love to engage in the vibration of prayer when connecting with them. So this is contrary to what I've been saying, but when you need to connect with them, how, how prayer can assist you to soften your energy so you can receive that tele that telepathic communication with them. So that's also in chapter eight of the book as well. And so Angels, my, my intention of writing this book is to organize your intuition. It's like incrementally. So the first thing we have to know and understand and organize are our clairs. So the beginning of the book is all clair-based. Clair it's really, our intuition is chaotic, random, and uncontrollable until we really, really understand how we personally experience our clairs. So... As I say, everyone has clairvoyance. I know even I was like, I told my mentor, there's, I'm not clairvoyant. She's like, yeah, you are. And it was really only till I worked with strangers that I was like, oh my God, I do see that green car. You know, I do see that purple couch in 1980 in Wisconsin or whatever the client lived um, that could be validated. So even if we say, you know, I'm not clairsentient or I'm not clairaudient, you are every human being 
is has the ability of that just like most human beings can see and hear and touch and taste um, with their physical senses we all have the spiritual senses which is the clairs so i also work really hard giving you the full landscape so those clairs connect with a very organic spiritual landscape that every single person has available to them to us so every single person has a guide every single person has that birth guide which is what i refer to as the guide the birth guide is really that being that has our life chart that is really there to make sure we've come and live the life we wanted to live we chose to live we agreed to live we contracted to live and then we have different guides that are all part of everyone's landscape that fill out the bigger picture. They come and go. If you're called to write a book, you may have a writing guide. Uh, I've talked about it before. Some women do have mother guides that come forth if they don't necessarily have a natural sense of motherhood. So guide, you know, regular guides can come and go. Some people call them helper guides. Every single person has a higher self. This is all part of that psychic landscape, the intuitive landscape, the spiritual landscape. I don't care how you call it, what, you know, how you refer to it as is all the landscape of our spiritual selves, energetic bodies. Um, everyone has that higher self, that, that knowing part of us that is connected to that birth chart that is ready to go, ready to make the right decision knows better than our personalities or our fear or these sort of more superficial parts of us that are, you know, they are part of the human experience and they are a part of us, but they're not part of our spiritual selves. So that higher self is, it is there to help guide us and keep us here in the life that we've come to live. And then there's the angels and the angels were specifically created to protect and assist the human race. You know, that though this vibration specifically um, I can go on. <laughs> I did a podcast of what it's like to when an angel actually becomes human, you know, for just a little snippet in time, they, they have very different and specific traits that I, I did that podcast a couple of years ago. And let me tell you, I can't believe the feedback I've gotten. I have angels in my family and which is why I'm so passionate about understanding it, comprehending it with my brain. It's helped me understand my family members. I advocate for them. I protect them in ways that maybe some people would say they should do this, this or this. They can't, they're angels. So that's a whole other thing. And I can't think of the episode number off the top of my head. Um, maybe let me just pause and go grab it for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I went and grabbed it. It's episode 11 and it's called, is there an angel in your family? And again, this really just, and you know, forgive me, it's one of my early ones. So the quality is what it is, <laughs> but the, the, that's still, that's kind of a different, um, conversation about what it's like to have relationships with angel beings, you know, the beings that come in for a human experience for a short time. And, um, but, but today we're just going to talk really briefly about the role of angels among us now, how you can tune into them now, how to know if they're around you now. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And in general, when there is an angel casually around you, it often does have a profound meaning. Um, so kind of when things are clicking along fine. You don't normally, and you certainly don't have to see the angels. Um, and, and the intention is not to become obsessed and see them everywhere. You know, we're not, that's not a necessary part of the human experience, but if they are around you and you are a sensitive, um, you can absolutely shut down to them because 
if you're sensing something clairsentiently and you, but you don't see it clairvoyantly, you don't know what it is. You like so many people might have the habit of turning away from it, pretending you're not feeling something standing next to you, pretending you're not seeing the sparkles, um, getting really scared. There's a terrifying feeling that they can also give you because it's unknown. You're not looking at it clairvoyantly. Maybe it's like for me, I would see these, you know, like a nine foot thing, like sparkling and it would, it would just sparkle, but sometimes it would shift. It would have its own movement and it would just scare the hell out of me. I, I, I didn't know how to tune into it. I didn't want to <laughs> quite frankly. And so I, I lost a lot of years. Not when I was really little, I was much more open to them and saw them more casually. But as you get older, we develop these little habits to just cope with the psychic environment that we live in, especially if we, because again, a lot of us can go, we are dimension travelers, so we can sense and we can experience the angelic realm. And you also can experience the ghost realm, which is a lower, denser vibration and even lower. And so if we've been exposed to any of the lower stuff, our typical habit is to shut it all down, whether it's high vibration or not. We're in habit of turning away, shutting it down, going into denial. This is all for self-protection, of course. And I guess I wanted to finish the point about if there is an angel around, it does often mean something. For example, when I did really come to terms with them, I had just given birth to my second child and there was a lot of sitting and this is kind of, you know, there, it's all part of our life experience. So the big reason why they were there is because that particular house that we lived in was extremely haunted. I mean, portal in the upstairs, I heard running when I tucked my daughter in, who was only like two or three, two at the time, literally I'd shut the door and go downstairs and literally there was stomping on my ceiling just, you know, just to scare the hell out of me. And it did, it certainly worked. I didn't know how to handle it at the time. I didn't know what to do about it at the time. I just kind of yelled at ghosts, which is what I kind of my only skill at the time was. <laughs> But when I would hold the baby, um, we were in kind of the living room and this huge being would just stand there and I would only get really afraid of it if I saw it kind of move on its own. It really did scare me, terrorize me actually, because I didn't understand it at the time. And so the twofold part was that my life, I, I was ready to understand this spiritual reality of angels. I was ready to comprehend it logically with my brain. Uh, simultaneously, my life put me in a situation where I was in a haunted house and I needed angelic protection. And whether it was inside that, that was haunted enough with because of the portal that was upstairs, which I later, later, you know, like a year later did have a shamanic expert come out and help me with that. Now there was so much going on with the land. There was only so much the professional um, shaman could do, but it did help while we were there nonetheless. And in the meantime, I'm seeing the angels, uh, saw the sparkles at first. The back of the house had some, an, um, a native that actually walked back and forth past my back door. So we had this big, huge, um, backyard for the kids to play in and I often felt really scared back there and yet there was absolutely no logical reason so again I hired a professional they came out and explained it to me and once they explained it to me I was like oh yeah I've seen that I do I see what you're saying because I've experienced that I've seen it clairvoyantly even though I told myself that wasn't real and so 
I needed to know with certainty that I was, my family and I were safe. And so, uh, you know, in my particular journey, I saw the sparkles first. And then just one day out of the blue, about six months of really working with the guides, working with the angels, getting brave enough to use my clairs to see other things, getting brave enough and developing a relationship with my birth guide to ask questions, to listen to answers and actually accept the answers that she gave me that all just took time. Um, and then I had that profound moment of just talking to my husband in the kitchen and then an angel appeared behind him. I mean, head to toe. I don't remember what my husband was saying because the profoundness of that moment, I understood, you know, it's kind of like some people that see Bigfoot, you know, I have not. So to me, it's always like, yeah, they probably do exist, but maybe not, you know, cause I haven't personally experienced them, but like with everything, when you experience it, it just, it doesn't matter what other people think because you've seen it, you've experienced it, you know, it. it's not a belief, you know it, right? Okay. I could talk forever about that, but, oh, okay. So there is especially if you are psychic medium, this is a part of the landscape that you deal with day to day. You more than most people walk into lower vibrational things because you're a light being. The dark is always trying to screw with the light. <laughs> Again, we're just trying to be playful with the realities that sometimes the more sensitives of us. Yeah. If everyone thing in your life's clicking along, great. Typically we have, you don't have a problem, but some, you know, I've had so many clients where then all of a sudden, like their mother or their father died, their aura is absolutely obliterated in that grief and something attaches or something walks in, or maybe you've had a baby or, you know, there's a trigger often where the need for you to know, because you do on some level, you clairsentiently or clairaudiently or clairvoyantly or clair, you know, cognizantly, you're knowing that they're in your environment. So my encouragement today is it's important for you to know this landscape. What is in the room with you? Why? So you feel that protection. Not only do you feel it, but you understand it with your logical mind that understands what's happening to you in the moment. It's like learning a different language and then you actually maybe are in Paris, France, and you actually know what the language is. So you know how to navigate it. You know how to take care of yourself. You know how to take care of the locals because that's the environment you happen to be in in that moment. It's the same with your intuitive language. There comes a moment, whether you like it or not, certainly whether I liked it or not, where we come to the table of understanding this language that we are already speaking. So just as a little kind of joke, but metaphor, like it's much like you're already in Paris. The people are already speaking to you. It's impolite to pretend that they're not. And it's the same with the spirit world. Um, especially if you're a medium, a lot of times we push it away and shut it down because we don't know how to, um, actively, we didn't know when we were kids, we don't know as adults, we don't just randomly understand. It takes some, some time to learn it from a great source and then practice it and then, you know, have the trust enough to trust when you're, when they're actually talking to you, trust what you're seeing, trust that you're not just making up that your dad who's on the other side is standing with you talking. Um, so again, it's, you're already there. And 
most of the time I encourage us to understand our intuition because it's harder on us than anything else. But there are moments where there are these beings, you know, again, maybe it's your loved one or maybe it's an angel that are absolutely trying, your, your guide, certainly your birth guide, trying to let you know, I'm here, you're safe, you're on the right track. And we're missing out because we don't speak the language fluently yet. Okay, so let's just talk about... So I, I let's just say that we've established that if there is an angel around you, among you, there's often a reason. And even if the reason is a little scarier, like, okay, your house is haunted. That haunted house that you live in is also part of your spiritual development. So we don't ever have to feel bad. You know, a lot of us that grew up in terrorized by our childhood homes feel bad about that. But it is part of the landscape that you had to come to the table you had to understand for your bigger life purpose now not everybody's going to be a professional psychic medium not everyone's going to be a parapsychic psychologist or you know a ghost hunter or there's all these different things sometimes it's so that you can have a conversation with your child or your grandchild and be there with knowledge for them because maybe their life will be full of this professionally. But in the meantime, oh my God, the gift of having somebody in our families understand this language. So if you've been through any of that, there was a reason. If you're later in life, I've had many clients that knew nothing about this world, never saw anything, something traumatic happened to them and boom, they're awake to it. That's an, uh, you know, that's a harder thing to watch sometimes because they're coming to the table with adult minds and it's like they didn't really experience it and never needed to. And then all of a sudden something happened and they had to get this figured out. Again, a lot of people, maybe even in their like 50s and 60s, shut this down till they have a grandchild and then they see this intuition in their grandchild and then they have this desire like, oh my God, I need to understand this better so I can help this child. Um, um, animate their intuitive gifts as best as they possibly can. So, okay, that's a whole other podcast. I'm sure I've already done one on the different ways people come to the table of intuition, but back to angelics. So I'm just going to say right off the top before we get into the three reasons an angel is around you, and then I'm going to give you three steps to start to connect with consciously, to connect with your environment and whether there's an angel there. So I do want to say right off the top that the biggest reason people don't want to know if there's an angel around them consciously or subconsciously is because often the message of an angel is profound, right? And again, I was raised Catholic. So in the Bible, it's full of the terror people felt when an angel spoke to them. <laughs> and that's a real phenomenon. I mean, I experienced it myself personally. It's not something I I ever really get used to though I walk in the shadow of this or in the light of it depending on how you say it um, so I am used to it but nonetheless every experience is very profound to me so I'm trying to normalize this but I also want to just really honor the profoundness of it but then again having a breath in our body is profound as well um, having children is the most profound thing for me, not for everybody, but for me. Um, the love that we feel for people that deserve it or not is profound. You know, 
um, because that's the nature of love. It's not something people often deserve um, or earn. It is just what it is. It's the nature of who we are. And when we can experience that with another being, I mean, so I I do want to context it that the profoundness is grand and great, especially if there's a message involved. Um, And a lot of times people don't want to wake up to their intuition because they don't want the profoundness of the guidance. They don't want to hear something as simple as stop eating all that salt um, or exercise more, you know, whatever sort of hell (laughs) people don't want to hear that, you know, is just to take care of themselves better. Or, you know, I've had guidance several times that I have to have a boundary with a family member that is so strong. There are times I cannot even talk to them. And that message is heartbreaking to receive and uh, you know, over the years, I've just had my ass kicked so badly that, you know, when they say this is what is called and it's the good for you, it's the good for them, I obey. And and that's sort of the human thing. They don't, you know, we don't like to use that term obey. Um, we don't like to, some people absolutely hate the word surrender. And one of my um, clients was talking to me about her husband was in the military and there was this part of I was talking about the part of his intuition he needed to surrender to and she's like oh that's the worst word you could use for a soldier (laughs) so I was like oh let's find a different word (laughs) so let's just go over quickly the three real reasons there's an angel in your room in your in your home in your car what have you so the first reason is that you are going through a profound change. Um, and again, if you live in just a regular haunted house, you're changing. You're going through an experience every single day uh, that involves the spirit world because of that haunted house. And that's profound. Um, and so that could could be a reason, you know, your house just needs extra protection. There's some cursing on the land that goes way back. I mean, there's lots of reasons for that. But the second is a more, a little bit more complex. It's like, again, you're just ready to understand this part of your spiritual reality or your human experience. So as a spirit, you already know that angels exist. We coexist with them on the other side or what have you. We worked with them over lifetimes. So you already know, you already have a relationship with the angelic realm, but your human experience might not. Your humanness might have the doubt. Your humanness, you know, we prioritize the three dimension. We prioritize that survivalness of the human body. And, and often uh, there's a paradox where sometimes people don't experience angelic stuff because their life goes along so well, they don't need it. They need it maybe, but they're not aware of it because they're not suffering. But sometimes the real, really, really tough lives to live, they're more open to angelic help because they're constantly praying for help, okay? So you could be in either of those categories. I was constantly praying constantly protected and then constantly denial denying the protection I had just because I was so tormented as a kid okay so it could be the right time you're ready to understand it's it's absolutely I think you know what I'm talking about I'm kind of like staying at that energy because it happens to so many people it's the most common thing you're just ready to understand your human experience with the angelic realm and the third experience with angels is very common. Um, as I said that, the guys were like, no, less common. Okay, so it's it's less common, but often even more profound is when you know that you are protected, you've just been saved or protected by an angel. 
So I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but some people are like, oh my God, then my loved one wasn't protected. You know, maybe somebody you know died in a car accident. So I just want to, I do want to address that because I don't want to lose you right now. Um, often when somebody crosses over, it's not often, it's a hundred percent of the time there is a contract or it's an exit point or, you know, there is, that is a, um, angels don't save us from contracted exit points. And I should do a, an, I should do an episode on exit points because that comes up a lot for people. Um, so I don't want to confuse you there, but, um, if it's not your time to go, if this is not an exit point you chose, but, and then maybe if it's an exit point, cause we do have several of them built into our charts, um, this may not be the one you want to take. So, you know, for, I, in the book, I share the story of, uh, just taking a left and a guy ran a red light and I had my three-year-old in the back and I'm screaming as it's happening because I know he's going to smash into us. Everything gets like fuzzy and you know, like my ears are popping and stuff. And we end up on the other side of him without a single scratch. And again, he was in front of me and he ran the red light. So he's almost going to T-bone me. So there's no logical way he didn't hit us. I share a long story of uh, my dad goes up to Canada for a fishing trip and the angels are working their asses off trying to make these guys not take the trip. <laughs> I mean, but these angels are working overtime because these, you know, you know, some people are just like, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to over, you know, they can't take the hint. <laughs> they see it more as a challenge. Everything that goes wrong is an encouragement of like, opportunity to overcome not a message from heaven like just don't take this damn trip long story short they get up to Canada their boat gets shot at okay so angels were working in overtime some people don't take the hint they don't get the hint they don't take it they go anyway okay um silly little story I've shared it many times I'm a, just a 20 year old uh 22 year old or so trying to actually be 20 by then I'd already been a real estate agent I'd already lived in New York City I was really trying to bond with people my own age I'm living in Seattle I get a job at the REI flagship store and really cute guy walks in I very much wanted his phone number he comes and talks to me and just as he's like gonna you know we're gonna exchange phone numbers this little tiny woman gets between us and there was no reason I was in the men's department at the time and she is so persistent. She gets between he and I. She's like pushing him back energetically. And I'm knowing this, like I'm getting really frustrated that this little tiny gal is coming between us. Long story short, she sends me to the other side of the building to take care of her. When I come back, he's gone. You know, I was very upset. I didn't understand, but I knew something profound had just happened. When I finally asked my guides years later, they're like, he was trouble. Like, you know. Anybody who's psychic who's listening to me now, you could just remote viewed. I mean, he was trouble. Um, so, an, you know, an angel became human, you know, just to make sure I didn't even get that guy's phone number. So really, uh, that third reason, they whether they're saving us from getting smashed or moving us at the right time. I know if anybody scrolls the internet, you can see all of these videos of like people that should have been ran over, should have been smashed, but they got out at just the right time. So angels are working overtime with us humans. Okay. There are other reasons, of course, but those are really the top three. 
Again, I'm just trying to naturalize it, normalize it for you. You can imagine everybody you love having the same situation. You know, people we love have babies. People we love um, live in haunted houses. You know, um, people we love go to kind of dangerous places. And there's nature there. And, and they are there. Um, they can save us physically, but they also save us spiritually. So there are things in that landscape especially if the, the vibration goes lower into lower vibrations, they are there for that spiritual protection as well. Basic stuff like psychic attack or, you know, nasty little curses or like things some people do that they don't know they're doing. And then there's people that are absolutely skilled and they know what they're sending you energetically. So we have angelic protection for that as well. Okay. So as we wrap up, let's just talk about the three steps you can take to just in this moment, just if you want to, you know, I know a lot of you drive when you're listening and, and that's fine too. We can kind of play with that. Um, some people do run or go for walks with me when I'm, you know, during this podcast, but let's just say for the sake of this particular three steps, it'd be best if you're like in your car, that's great, or in like your own bedroom, because we want to kind of contain the three steps to make it more tangible and more um, just kind of contain it for you here. So the first thing that we do is we use our clairs to scan out. Okay, we're using the right, it's just kind of like we're using our eyesight not to see our thoughts, but to see what's in our environment. We use our ears not to hear our thinking, but to listen to people in our environment. Okay. And so we just take some deep breaths, we scan out with our clairs. So that's your first step. And we don't want to necessarily control the clairs because I want to encourage you to use what's natural for you. So some people can scan out and sense somebody standing to the right of them. Some people are very clairvoyant and they just know they can see, okay, there's this like tall being or not, you know, like maybe it's grandma standing there to your right uh, or they're across the room to the, you know, and I know these things can feel scary, but we're containing it and I'm sending it an energetic blessing and protection that as you go ahead and just kind of look around that there's a protective bubble around you that no matter what is in the room, you are safe from it. I ha Again, I had to say that because I grew up in a haunted house too, and we don't necessarily want to see the things that are there, but once we understand, we can see what's there. We understand what's there. We know what's there. You have total You have total power and control over your environment. So ultimately, we do want to have, we do want to see exactly what's in the room with us. But for the sake of these three steps, we're just sensing out. Okay. And the second step is just to acknowledge it. I see a sparkly being to the right. I see. Oh, there's like this light in the corner to the left. I feel a presence in front of me. Okay, we're just acknowledging. You don't have to do anything about it exactly. Just step two, you can just acknowledge it for now even. But if you feel comfortable, and again, maybe you're driving. So like I sense a presence in the rear seat to the right, you know, kind of get a sense in your car. That's a place where... Sometimes we have panic attacks because we're driving along and a ghost gets in our car. We don't see it for what it is, but we just feel really panicky. So that's why the car is actually an okay place to kind of, it's a container. It's a small place for you to kind of get more control over what's going on around you. The third step is to either ask the uh, angel, if you're sensing again, kind of cues to look for is very tall, sparkly, effervescent, high vibration. Those would be the cues that you're looking for. 
again, if you sort of have a question for them, they would respond to you telepathically. I encourage my students to always go to their birth guide for questions and answers because that's a that's a muscle you can strengthen really fast and you're not trying to strengthen a muscle with like 10 different things, you know, an angel and grandma and all kinds of, you know, maybe even a ghost. So we just go to that birth guide for all answers. And that would be the third and final step is just to say, you know, hey, what is this in the room? And you wait for the answer with your through your Claire's, maybe clairaudiently you hear, hey, it's grandma, or that's an angel, or that's energy that we need to deal with. Like maybe you'll hear some instructions clairaudiently. Maybe you'll have like a download clairvoyantly. A lot of people get images of like a halo. Oh, it's an angel. Uh, maybe you'll ask the question, what is this or who is this? You'll get clairvoyantly like your grandma's necklace. So that's how you would ask and answer questions through asking that, that guide, you know, and not necessarily as a step, but I always encourage you to go ahead and journal this experience so that you can start containing and creating this evidential map of your intuitive experiences so that you can learn to use control and trust this glorious, beautiful, intuition of yours. Okay, so that's it on when there's an angel around you. Um, I no doubt you have follow up questions. And I always encourage you to go to my website and fill out the contact Kate form and just shoot me a note. Shoot me a note if you need me to clarify something for you and or you can go to the ask Kate. And I'm happy to answer that as well. And if you have a question about it, chances are uh, other people have questions about it as well. So always feel free to do that. Uh, that whole chapter in the Be Guided and Be Great book is chapter eight. If you're ready to buy the book and organize your intuition so that we can put them in a context that is more understandable to your mind and heart. Um, also, I haven't talked about it for a while, but if you join the community of the Kate St. Clair, I have like a nine, 10 week course that comes to you weekly. And it's kind of, again, like a building block of intuition. There's a video um, that I do each week for you talking about the subject. And then there are worksheets that are, are also there for you uh, to start getting it out of your energy and onto physical paper to make it more three-dimensional for you. There's also right now, there's still an opportunity to download a free copy like I think it's a free chapter of my book um, that's going to go on probably through March and then I have in development a free meditation for you so I'm working on a, a simple downloadable meditation for cleansing and clearing the aura and then also grounding you because those are really two practices 99.9 .9 of us sensitives need every single day well that's it for this week I will talk to you next week and um until then, I'm thinking about you. I know that you're working on your intuition and your confidence and your voice recovery and all of these beautiful things that come through this work of intuition. Until next week, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.